people like going through things, hard times in particular. I like good times. Uh, but could it be that God lets us go through those times from time to time just so we can learn something we wouldn't learn in the good times? You remember, it was through the thorn that Paul learned that grace was sufficient. Uh, I don't know that I would learn the sufficiency of God's grace had I not had to experience God's grace and realize, sure enough, that you go through enough, you realize God's going to be enough. And, you know, I never know what people, all the, everyone in the room is going through. I don't, I don't know what's going on in your heart tonight. Maybe burdens you have that nobody else has, but I do know the grace of God is sufficient. And as we go through those times, what a blessing it is to lean on it. And it upholds us, amen, knowing that God's word is true. What a wonderful truth. I don't know if I've ever heard that song before tonight. Let's take our Bibles, open up to the book of 2 Timothy. Uh, if we could, 2 Timothy. And uh, I'm going to give you a couple of reminders as you turn there. 2 Timothy chapter number 3. And I want to thank you for the good spirit uh, this morning, it, uh, it's a blessing to your pastor to get to preach and have liberty, and a lot of that has to do with the spirit that we bring with us, that we don't quench it, and I'm thankful for that, and I appreciate that. I do want to remind you to keep up with your bulletin, things we have going on. Uh, the reason we put that in there is so that you'll kind of have a little bit of a reminder to put in your Bible. Ms. Pam works hard on that throughout the week to keep everybody up to date. And uh, there's, I think, over 10 things in there this week that are going on, and these are opportunities for you to be a part of service or fellowship or both uh, at times. So I want to make sure that you keep up with those. Two in particular I want to mention concerning our men. Uh, on uh, Sunday afternoons at 4, uh, there's a men's prayer room, and they have a Bible challenge in there. My dad heads that up, and this is an opportunity to strengthen and grow our men. I want to encourage you that if you're not doing anything that hour, be here for that. I promise you're going to get some good meat in there, some encouragement, and time for our men to bond together in prayer. And then if you'll notice on the bottom down there toward the 28th, uh, we have our men's prayer breakfast. And this is going to be a good prayer breakfast to be a part of because we're going to introduce something new. Uh, we're providing an opportunity for our men to help take ownership in our upkeep of our property. Uh, having a staff is great, and I'm thankful for that, and I appreciate all the work that's done throughout the week. Uh, but as a kid growing up at our churches, uh, our men always had work days. We'd get together uh, maybe one Saturday a quarter, and we'd kind of do some uh, maintenance on our church property. And it helps us as men to take ownership in the work uh, of God here in our church. And so uh, my dad, having a construction background, has an eye for that type of thing. I've asked him to kind of go through the property and look around. And Miss Autumn's been helping him with that, compile a list. Uh, and we have an, update, uh, an upcoming work day plan where we're going to get together, fellowship, and do some work on our our property, uh, and I think it's a great way to invest in our property, amen, uh, to take ownership and pride in what the Lord's given us and be a part of that. So this upcoming workday uh, prayer breakfast, I want you to be here, men, as we discuss how we're going to do that, and I look forward to working together here on our property uh, to make sure we take care of and be good stewards of what God has given us. Second Timothy chapter 3, if you're there, let's stand together. Uh, this is a passage often preached out of and has a lot of relevance for the world we're living in today, but we're not really going to key in on the first part of chapter number three. Chapter three uh, really deals with the last days, and if you want to get a picture of why I believe we are living in the last days, read the first part of chapter three where it talks about the perilous times that shall come, and then it tells you exactly why they are perilous times. This is why I believe that we are in the last days and why it's important that we get ready. Amen? I believe we're going to see the Lord come back. Uh, I believe with all of my heart, this is opinion. I can't give you dates or times. 
but I believe there are people in this room that will see the Lord coming back. It may be some of our little guys that are in here. Maybe it's during their generation. I personally believe it's going to be in mine uh, unless some of you take me out before then, okay? If I live to be a natural old age, I think I will see the Lord returning. And, And then as we see what Paul's doing here, he tells about the last days in the first part of chapter 3. And in the latter half of chapter 3, he is telling Timothy how to continue in order to be what? To be ready. All right? He's wanting to make sure Timothy's ready for these last days. So watch what he says in, in verse 13. But evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. Would you say we can see that in our world today? I believe we can see that all over. Watch what he says in verse 14. In spite of all that's going on, the perilous times, he says, but continue. Now, why is he telling him to continue? We're going to pound this home all year long because he wants him to be ready. But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned, and thou hast been assured of knowing of whom thou hast learned them. Now, watch verse 15, a very familiar passage, great truth here tonight. And that from a child... Thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in in Christ Jesus. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Keep reading. The Bible says that the man of God may be perfect, that means complete, thoroughly furnished, Unto all good works. There's a lot to unravel, uh, but uh, Lord willing, we're going to unravel in the time that we have here tonight. Father, thank you again tonight for your word. And tonight, as we specifically look at your word, help us, Father, tonight to realize the wonderful resource we have here, having a copy of the word of God as we seek to be ready, not just to meet the Lord, but seek to be used of the Lord. And I pray you'd help us tonight. These are people that are at home, maybe watching, use the message even through our live stream tonight to be a blessing and help us, Lord, just resolve tonight to do your will in this service in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated. Uh, Wednesday nights, we are going, we just started this past Wednesday night, a series entitled The Road to Readiness. I mentioned that this morning. And we're looking at uh, Noah last week. This week, we're going to look at Abraham. And we're following these patriarchs, these heroes, men and women of God who were used of God. But before they were used of God, they were made ready by God. Now, I want to be used of God. Therefore, if I want to be used of God, I've got to be willing to submit myself to God to be made ready by God. And so we're following uh, some folks through Scripture on Wednesday nights and excited about that. And as we go into this endeavor, pursuing readiness, that's what we're pursuing, right? Readiness. I want to be ready, number one, to meet the Lord, number two, to be used of the Lord. As we pursue readiness and undertake this task, this overwhelming task of being ready, we need to be equipped in order to do that, right? Uh, Any decent endeavor you're going to go on, uh, you need to be equipped to have a successful endeavor, all right? Now, I'm not talking about necessarily going to Walmart. Uh, you know, it just depends on which Walmart you go to. You might better be equipped to go there. You might better pack some heat, you know. Uh, just depends on where you go uh, around town, things along that line. But I'm talking about endeavors, really worthwhile endeavors. And I'll give you some right quick. 
Uh, I saw the other day on Facebook uh, a friend of our church, Brother Robert Chandler, uh, was over there uh, near Mount Everest. He got pictures of Mount Everest in Nepal. And Mount Everest has always been somewhere I've wanted to go, not to climb it, but just to see it. You know, I don't know that I have the gumption uh, to climb it, but I've always just wanted to go and see it. And he had a picture of it there the other day. And so I did some research in preparation for the message on what it takes to climb Mount Everest. Uh, This article gave you some pointers, and I'll give them to you. Climbers heading to Mount Everest should expect to spend up to $30,000 on gear and supplies during the expedition. This includes about $5,800 for food, fuel, and a local cook for up to six weeks in order to make this trip. Now, that is a dream for some people to climb Mount Everest, and hey, more power to them. Uh, they can climb it for me and tell me what it was like when they get up there. Just bring me back a rock. That's what I tell everybody. Just bring me back a rock. I told Robert that. Bring me back a rock from uh, Nepal. I have no desire to go up there, but if you're going to make that type of trip, you're going to have to be equipped $30,000 worth of equipment in order to get up there. Perhaps that is a little steep for you. Well, let me give you another option tonight. Uh, there's a space race right now for common folk like you and I to venture there into the great unknown of outer space. And uh, some are choosing to fly with Jeff Bezos from Amazon. The price tag to go with him to space is merely $2.8 million. And then on top of that, several, several hours of training. Uh, You don't just raise your hand and say, hey, I'd like to go and hop on the bus and fly to space. Uh, There's a lot of uh, work and a lot of expense that has to go into that if you're going to make that trip. I'll give you one more. Uh, A lot of people are finding tourism now, taking a private submarine down to the depths to visit the wreckage of the Titanic. Uh, This trip will cost you around a quarter of a million dollars and take you eight days round trip of diving back and forth to see Mount Everest. I hate to tell you, but most of us here will probably never make any of those trips, right? Amen? Now, if you do, bring me back a rock, but most of us, our endeavors are going to be maybe to Branson, you know, something a little bit more uh, reachable for our budget and for our dreams. But regardless of the trip you go on, if you're going to make an endeavor and you're set out on a journey to achieve something great, you're going to have to make sure you are equipped with the right resources to make that trip. Now, I believe tonight the trip we are on as a church, we're on a journey to become ready to meet the Lord and to be used of the Lord. Can I tell you, I believe the journey we are on tonight is more important than Mount Everest. It's more important than going down to seeing the Titanic. It's even more important than going to space. Why? Because it has eternal ramifications. We as God's people are on a journey that could change the eternity, not just for us, but change eternity for the people that God's going to place in our path. Don't you feel like tonight, if they put that much work into Everest and space and going down to see the Titanic, that we should put even more work and and find the right resources to make the journey we're about to go on? Folks, we've got to be equipped for this. This is not going to be a journey for the faint of heart. The good news is, I read to you this morning, that the Bible says that God has given us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. God has given us the equipment that we're going to need to make this journey. The question is, are we going to take the equipment with us? 
All right, we have to arm and equip ourselves with the resources God has given us in order to take this journey. Now, tonight, uh, in 2 Timothy, Paul spells out to Timothy exactly what he's going to need in order to be ready, especially living in these last days. And tonight, here's the message very simple, very simple. The message is the resource of the ready, okay? We've got to have resources in order to make this journey to the destination of being ready. And the Bible gives us so clearly in the verses we read exactly what we're going to need to make this trip. Now, some of you, you've read the Word of God and you've read this chapter many, many times and you're probably thinking you know where we're going with this. Could I encourage you tonight, don't tune me out because you think this is old school and you think this is something we've already learned. I hope tonight you're going to see why the resource that is mentioned right here in verse 15 is so vital in us making this journey to become ready. Now, interestingly enough, this is a one-size-fits-all resource. One-size-fits-all. Good to know, isn't it? You know, when I, I used to go hunting in Colorado a good bit, and uh, the guys I would go with, they all shot different caliber guns. Some were 7 millimeters, some were 300 Win Mag, some were 30 Alt 6, some were 270. Everybody had their own preference of a resource to make the trip. Everybody used different camo. Some had the high-end expensive stuff. Some guys like me had the Walmart brand, and it worked just as good. Matter of fact, I actually killed more, more bulls than them with my Walmart. I'm not bragging. I'm just saying that I did, okay? Uh, and... Everybody had a preference of their resources, all right? But when it comes to the resources for this journey of becoming ready, there's a one-size-fits-all for us. Look down, if you will. The Bible says, uh, look down to verse number 17. The Bible says that this resource, watch what it does for us. This resource makes us perfect or complete and thoroughly furnished. Aren't you glad tonight to know that the resource that God offers us to make this journey on the road to readiness is going to work for all of us and make us what we need to make the trip. Now, what is the resource? Well, we've been him hauling around for a little while. Look at verse 15. I'll show you exactly what it is. The Bible says, And that from a child thou hast known what? The Holy Scriptures. The Holy Scriptures. Now, you're thinking, is that it? You're going to preach on the Bible tonight? Uh, no, I'm going to preach on our resource tonight. I want to show you why this is our resource. Number one tonight, the resource for the ready. Notice the resource of the word. The resource of the word. Now, let this sink in, if you will. You know, right now we're reading through our Bibles, and we have our Bible reading calendars, and I hope you're keeping up with that and uh, staying on, on, on tap with that. I hope when you get up in the morning, you don't look at your Bible and your, your Bible reading calendar as a requirement, okay? Now, it is required and it's necessary for us in order to be all that God wants us to be. But can I tell you tonight, the Word of God is far more than a requirement. In all truthfulness tonight, the Word of God is a resource that is for us to be had, that when I look at my Bible, I'm not thinking, all right, got to rattle off my three chapters before I walk out the door today. No, that's looking at the Word of God as a requirement. The Word of God is not a requirement. The Word of God is nothing less than a resource for the child of God to equip us to make the journey to the destination of being ready. Did you get that? All right, the Word of God is what's going to equip us so that we would be thoroughly furnished to make the trip to become a child of God that is ready to meet him and ready to be used by him. Now, folks, look, you go up there to space, you need to be equipped, all right? 
You're not going to go up there in your old khakis and your Crocs. So you're, you're probably going to have to have a little more equipment than that. You climb Mount Everest, I think you're going to need something a little more than long johns. All right? Never been up there, but uh, I have been to the Rockies, and you needed something more than long johns for the Rockies. Uh, going down there, you know, to see the Titanic, I think you need more than a snorkel. I'm just saying. You know, a couple miles down there, you can get crushed with the weight of the water that's down there. you got to be equipped to make that trip. Now look, the trip we're on this year as a church on the road to readiness is far greater than any of those journeys. And we've got to be equipped for this journey. What is our resource? Our resource has to be the Word of God. It has to be. You see, as we make this trip, we're going to have needs along the way. We're going to have trials along the way. We're going to have setbacks along the way. We're going to have difficulty and questions along the way. Well, what do we do when we hit those places? We go to our resource. And our resource is the Word of God. And we have a promise from Almighty God that our resource will thoroughly furnish us. You see, that's why it's not a requirement. It's a resource. You know, we look at our refrigerator not as a requirement, do we? I look at my refrigerator as a resource. I do. And oh, my refrigerator is so, it's too resourceful. Sometimes, some of you agree, and you don't even have to say a word. I can tell you agree that you're, you'll get it out on the way home. Your refrigerator is very resourceful. I go to it. Why? Because there's yogurt in there. I've got this thing for yogurt now. I enjoy that so much. And then I open up the drawer, I saw pepperonis. Leslie says, what are you going in the refrigerator for? I'm cooking lunch. I said, I want some of those pepperonis. I've just started enjoying pepperonis, a new discovery in my life, just eating raw pepperonis. What a blessing it is to my life just to find joy in the small things. You ought to try it sometimes. I go to it and I open it up and I wonder, what can I get out of here now? You ever do that? Bless your heart. Some of you folks live a dull life. I can just tell by looking at you tonight. I get excited by going to the fridge. You ought to get excited. Hey, every good and perfect gift coming from above and I open it and see all the blessings of God that are in there. And then I have the freezer. I hadn't even talked about the freezer yet. And then the cabinet beside it, you open it up, Pop-Tarts are in there, name brand, cherry ice. That's my favorite. All of the resources that are in there. I look forward to going to it. I'm like, oh, I got to go to the fridge. Said no one ever. I get to go to the fridge. It's full of resources. You know, my wife's got these drinks in there now called buble, buble, something along that line. It's for, you know, if you don't want to drink Cokes all the time, I'm kind of learning to like those things. I'm looking forward to going there. That's how you ought to look at the Word of God. It's a resource. It's, it's a resource that will thoroughly furnish you for the journey that God's calling us on to be ready. And instead, when we get up in the morning, all right, I got to do this because, you know what, the preacher's going to ask me. I just know as soon as I don't read my Bible today, the preacher's going to ask me, how you doing on your Bible reading? You're like, huh? And then you're going to have to make a decision, do I lie to the preacher? You shouldn't lie to begin with, no matter who it is. Notice, if you will, what the Bible says, and that from a child that has known the Holy Scripture, what is Paul doing here? He's trying to equip Timothy in the last days to continue in the things he's learned so that he will be ready when the Lord returns. What do we do? We've got to have a resource. What is the resource? The resource is the Word. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, we know this verse very well. Listen to what it says in light of the context of what we're preaching on. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. 
You ever have something pop up in your heart that you're not sure about? You know, the Bible says our heart is desperately wicked and deceitful above all things. You hear a lot of people say, listen to your heart. No. It's deceptive. It's wicked, the Bible says. Well, how do I know which ones are right? Well, good news, we have a resource. The resource, the Bible says, it's a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. As we make this journey to readiness, we're going to come to crossroads. We're going to come to spots where we're not sure and we can't see the next step and we just have to trust God by faith. Well, how do we know which way to go? We have a resource. It's the Word of God. And the Bible says it will discern the thoughts and intents of the heart. Oh, what a blessing it is to know that God's given us what we need to make this trip. And the resource is the Word of God. I think about how many times as a pastor I am asked questions. Hey, is this right? Is this wrong? Can we do this? Can we not do that? And I'm thankful people do ask questions. But can I tell you, just in, in all kindness, a lot of those questions are already answered in his word. They really are. If we were more familiar with God's word. See, here's what happens. When we read God's word and we meditate and we study it, we're not just flying through it. Watch. And we hide the word in our heart. Here's what the Holy Spirit does. When we come to one of those crossroads and we're not sure what to do, the Holy Spirit knows exactly which verse to go get. And he pulls it out and he starts poking us with it. You start going this way and he's like, uh, uh, uh. And he's like, oh, okay. I need to go this way. You see, that's the way the Word of God works. But you've got to make sure that you're well acquainted with the Word of God. Ezekiel 44, 23. Oh, what a powerful verse. And it, boy, it rings in my ears tonight as a pastor. The Bible's speaking about the priests in Ezekiel 44. And it says, and they shall teach my people the difference between the holy and profane and cause them to discern between the unclean and the clean. That as the, the preachers, if you will, the priests, it was their job to teach the people the difference in the holy and profane. You know, there's a whole lot of profane stuff in this world today. And matter of fact, there's a lot of stuff that comes under the guise of holiness that is profane. You just look at these TV preachers. That's profane, all right? Uh, those guys are nowhere near what you want, they want you to think they are. How do we know the difference? Well, you learn that through the resource of the Word of God. So number one tonight, what is the resource for the ready? The resource is the word. Look at Paul told Timothy. He says, continue. Well, how do I continue? From a child, you've known the holy scriptures, he says, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation. Now, I want you to notice something very wonderful in verse 15. The Bible says, which are able, now what are the next words? To make thee. Can we rewind to this morning a little bit? Point number one, if we're going to be ready, ready is a matter of what? Making. Ready's not going to happen on its own. Ready has to be made. We've got to put things together. Well, well, how do we become ready? How are we made ready? Watch what he says in verse 15. Timothy, don't neglect the scripture. Why? Because the scriptures are able to make thee. Do you see that tonight? If we want to be ready for this trip, the Bible says it's the Holy Scriptures that make us ready. But notice specifically it says they are able to make thee ready. God's Word's not going to invade your life. God's Word's not going to bust down the door of your house and make you do what's right. The Word of God is able to make you. The Word of God is able to produce a child of God that's ready. But you have to let the Word of God work. Don't we know that's what Scripture tells us, that he sends forth his word to accomplish his will? The word of God is preached. Look, no matter who the preacher is, 
The word of God is preached. The power is in the preaching, not necessarily the preacher. Uh, look, the preacher could be a dud, but the word of God is quick and it is still powerful. And if we allow the word of God to work in our life, you know what it's going to do? It will make us. It will make us ready, which is what we need as we set on this journey of the word of God, of the will of God. Ephesians 1.13. The Bible says, in whom ye also trusted after that ye had heard the word of truth. Do you know how I got saved? It was the word that made me wise unto salvation. You see, I was lost. I was not ready to meet God. What was it that made you ready to meet God? It was the word. The word makes you able, makes you wise unto salvation. That's the power of the word of God. That's why it's got to be our resource. You know, I, I like apologetics, and I like reading apologetics. I watch videos on apologetics, how different people witness to different people. But can I tell you, no apologetics will ever take the place of the power of the Word of God. Never, never. you got to learn the Word of God. Why? Because it's this that's able to make them wise unto salvation. It's not how good I can argue with people. All right? I think we're all tempted to do that. I love to argue. Dad used to say I could argue to a fence post. I probably could and probably win. All right? Uh, me and my wife, we'll argue every once in a while. I only thought I was good at arguing until I got married. Then I realized I've got some work to do if I'm going to win those arguments. <laughs> do you know what it is that gets people ready to meet Jesus? It's the Word. If you're saved, that's how you got saved. You were lost. You were not ready. And then, wait a minute, faith cometh by arguing and arguing of the homiletics. No, no. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. You see how that works? It's our resource. You want to win somebody to Christ? Hey, use the Word of God. It's powerful, I promise you. The Word of God, as written, is more powerful than you learning to argue with people about their soul. That's how powerful it is. But we've got to use our resource. The resource is the Word of God. Now, what about those that are saved already? How does the Word of God be a resource for us? I want you to think about a few people real quickly, okay? I want you to think about Joshua and Caleb. Why were Joshua and Caleb so ready to fight when everybody else was scared to death? Why were Joshua and Caleb says, hey, let's go in, let's take it, we could do this. Why were they so ready to fight? Do you know where their courage came from? Not because of how strong they were. Their courage did not come from the past victories they had won. No, no. Their courage came from the word of God. God said we could have it. Let's go get it. You see, that's why it's our resource. We go to it, and the odds are stacked against us. I mean, we are outnumbered, and we're in a minority, and we're thinking there's no way we can do this. No, 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 no. Go to your resource. What did God say? What did God say? Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Old Daniel, all by himself, where did he get his courage from? He got it from what thus saith the Lord. That's why it's got to be our resource. You're going to get to places where it's going to be 2 verses 10 like Joshua and Caleb. You know what's going to keep you going and keep courage in your life and courage in your heart? The word of God. What did God say? There have been times I have literally held it up and I said, okay, you said it. You said it. You remember at the end of the story where Joshua and Caleb are getting ready to divide up the land and and Caleb says, now therefore give me that mountain. What kept him going? It was God's word. You're going to have an inheritance. That's yours. You see, it was the word of God that was his resource. I want you to think about Elijah. Why was Elijah willing to stand alone against the 450 plus prophets of Baal? 
Why was he so willing to do that? Where did he get such gumption? How could he just stand there? As a matter of fact, do you remember Elijah was mocking them? I love that because you see the humanity of Elijah. You know, it's okay to pick on somebody every once in a while. Elijah did it. And he's mocking them. Where's your God? Your God hadn't showed up. Where did he get such calm? Hey, I don't know if you noticed, but it's 1 verses 450. The odds are not in your favor. Where did Elijah get so much calm from? Well, when he rebuilt the altar, we'll talk about that next week. When he rebuilt the altar, do you know what he said when he prayed to God? I've done all of this at thy word. Where did he get such calm to just do the will of God when the odds were completely... Where did his calm come from? It came from his resource. Can I ask you something tonight? Do you need a little bit of courage? Do you need a little bit of courage? Go to the resource. What did God say? Do you need a little bit of calm in your life? I don't know about you. There are times I need some calm. You feel like, you know, you're trying to to set up shop in the middle of a tornado and everything seems to be swirling around you. Where do you get calm from? The resource, which is what? The word of God. One last one. I want you to think about Job. How is Job so faithful in spite of all of his grief and all of his pain? Where do you get that type of commitment from? You know, I don't know if any of us have gone through what Job has gone through. And yet Job stayed committed. How do you get that? Where do you get that kind of commitment from? I'll tell you where you get it from. He said that he esteemed the word of God more than his necessary food. You see, I don't know where you're at tonight, but if you need courage, calm, or commitment, I promise you, you can get it from the resource of God's word. But you've got to realize this is where you're going to get it from. Number two, you're listening pretty good tonight. Thank you for that. Let's just move right along, Okay. Verse 15, and that from a child that has known the holy scriptures which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. Go to verse 16. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable. I love that word right there. Do you know, if something's going to be a good resource, it needs to be profitable. Would you agree? Oh, how the word of God is profitable and is a profitable resource to us on this journey. I was visiting with Miss May Bramlett the other day at her home. And what a gracious host she's been every time we've gone over to get to see her. And uh, I love hearing the stories about how people came to faith in the Lord and how they came to Central. And I sat down and visited with her the other day, Brother Bado and I visited with her. And uh, she says, I was a waitress making $2.01 an hour. That wouldn't be enough to get anybody out of bed in today's society. And she said, I came to church and she got saved and Brother Williams was preaching on tithing. And she's saying, I make $2.01 an hour. There's no way that I can tithe. She says, but in my early days of my Christianity, I learned that I could take God at his word and that God's word was profitable. And she says, once I realized that I could trust God, I realized that the, the word of God is true. And God always keeps it because it's profitable. Now watch closely what's about to happen, okay? He shows you why it's a profitable resource. In verse 16, notice number two, he shows us the work of the word. Watch the work that the word of God does, okay? The resource is the word, but notice the work that it accomplishes. The Bible says it's given by inspiration of God and is profitable for what? For doctrine. For doctrine. The Bible says the word of God is profitable for something. What is the first thing it's profitable for? The Bible says it's profitable for doctrine. Now, here's what I love. This is the principles and precepts of of truth. 
That if I need to know the principles and the precepts of God's word, of truth, I go to God's word to find that. You see, it's the word of God. Stick with me. I'm going to give you these real quickly. The word of God is our resource of conviction. All right? It's our resource of conviction. The word of God is where we find out what's in bounds and what is out of bounds. Right? The word of God shows us the lines on the highway, if you will. It's where we find out what God would have us to live our life by. Now notice, the Bible says it's profitable for doctrine. Now we're living in a time, as a matter of fact, you look in the word of God not far from there. 2 Timothy 4, 3 The Bible says that a time is coming, a time will come, when they will not endure sound doctrine. We are there. We're living in a time where people don't want to hear sound doctrine, biblical truth. Well, how do we know what's sound? Watch this. The resource. The resource tells us this is out of bounds and this is out of bounds. But look, we don't like bounds in our society. Have you noticed that? Don't tell me who I am. Don't tell me who to love. Don't tell me what I was created to be by God. I don't want any boundaries. But can I tell you, for the child of God, we've been given boundaries. It's the word of God. And by thus saith the Lord, we should live our lives. By what thus saith the Lord, we build our homes and raise our children. This is where we find out what we believe. You ask people, what do you believe about this? You know, the truth of the matter is, it's not what I believe. It's what God says I'm supposed to believe. Right? Well, I believe this and I feel this. We are living in a flaky society today. Oh, my soul, where we do a, put a lot of stock in our feels. Somebody said that today. I got all up in my feels. What's that? You know? No, I know what it means. Our feelings are powerful. But those feelings come from a heart that's desperately wicked and deceitful above all things. Be careful making decisions on your direction and your doctrine based on your feels because the word of God says, look, this is our resource for truth. And if God says it, can I tell you, whether or not I like it or not, this is the doctrine for the believer. This is where we find out what thus saith the Lord and how we should live. Now, why is it important you stick with the book? Titus 1.9, the Bible says, holding fast the faithful word as he hath been taught, that he may a- be able by sound doctrine both to exhort and convince the gainsayers. You cannot win someone without real truthful doctrine. All right, where do you get that from? You get it from the word of God. So the word of God is a resource of conviction. Number two, look what it says, verse 16. It's profitable for doctrine and then what? Reproof. The word reproof is an amazing little word. As I study this message out and begin to break that word down, it's, it's a beautiful word, actually. Reproof, we think, is a bad thing. But I want you to think about it this way. When we get saved, we learn what is truth, and we open the word of God and we learn what is truth, and we find that God's word proves to us what is truth. But guess what? We're human, aren't we? And even though I know where the lines are at in my life, there are times I cross the line spiritually. You ever do that? All right, we all do. There are times, all right? So God shows me what is right, but sometimes, even though I know what, he, what is right and he has proved to me what is right, I still cross over the line sometimes. And then all of a sudden, watch this, the word of God confronts me and it reproves it. That's what reproof means. The word of God comes to me when I cross the line and the word of God that I hid in my heart, it comes to prove to me God's truth again. Why? He's trying to get me over the, back over the line. That's what reproof is. We think of reproof as when somebody's getting on to his knowing. 
man, I've reproved him or I got reproved. No, no, no. Reproof is when God brings his truth to us again. Reproof. God says, no, I'm reminding you what the truth is. Why? Because you've crossed the line and not long after the line, you know what's on the other side of the line? The ditch. And so God's word comes to us and reproves us the truth of what God says. It's kind of like those rumble strips on the side of the road. Every once in a while, I love to hit them when my wife is asleep. Oh, wretched man that I am. I have a sin nature. She'll be over there praying for me as I drive. By the way, it's a compliment that she sleeps while I drive, right? Because she trusts me. She needs to learn not to trust me because I'm going to hit those rumble strips over there. You know, Miley's in the back seat. She's back there. She sleeps with her head fully thrown back back there. She's an only child, so the back seat's her domain. And she's spread out. You hit those strips. What are they doing? Watch. They're reproving you. You've crossed a line. Hey, we're letting you know you've crossed a line. Hey, that is not something out of anger. That is something out of love. I'm reminding you. I'm reproving you the truth. Why? I'm trying to get you back over the line. Proverbs 15.10, correction is grievous unto him that forsaketh the way, and he that hateth reproof shall die. Listen to that, young person. You cross the line. Mom and dad, they bring you to reprove you. Hey, this is, hey, you're not doing right. This is what God says. They've already taught you the truth. Now they're reproving it to you. The Bible says that he that hateth reproof shall die. So here we go. We crossed the line on our journey. Crossed the line. Here comes the word of God reproving us. No, no, no. You're going the wrong way. You're going away from truth. And you're like, well, I don't want to hear that. You know where you're headed? You're headed toward the ditch. The Bible says, he shall die. That's why as we're on this journey to readiness, this has got to be our resource. And when we're confronted by the word of God, we get back within the lines. So the work of the word of God, watch this. It's a resource of conviction. Number two, it's a resource of caution. But then we see, the Bible says, it's also profitable for what? Correction. Correction. The definition of that word is this. Listen close. To make improvement of life or character. So here I go. I cross the line. I'm over here. And the word of God comes to me and says, "Ah, ah, ah, you've crossed the line. The rumble strips are rumbling. Well, how do I know where to get now? Well, the Bible says this is our resource for correction to make improvement to my life or character. How do I know where I need to get back? Where's the lane at? Where's the lines that I need to stay in? The Bible says that the word of God is our resource for correction. It helps us get back where we need to go. Psalms 119.9, wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way by taking heed thereto according to his word. How do we get right? Resource. This book right here, what what a national treasure it is. If our country would just turn to it, it would show us where the lines are at. It tells us when we cross and then shows us where to get back when we've messed up. America could get back on the road again if we just realized that our resource is the word of God. Finally, in this verse 16, the Bible says, for what? For instruction in righteousness. Now, I don't normally give you subpoints, but watch how this works. It's a resource of conviction. It's a resource of caution. Once we get over, it starts pushing us back. Then it's a resource of correction. It shows us where to get. And then finally, we have instruction. Once we get back down the middle of the road, it shows us where we need to go. That is a resource of completion. 
I remember as a kid, one of the first songs I can remember learning as a kid, mom would teach us, he's still working on me. Y'all remember that one? Yeah. But Zach, when you do that, sometimes as a, as a congregation, we're going to do it, okay? Because some of you, I think, you think you're done. Now, if you're dead, then you're done. And some of you are teetering, I can tell you. All right? I hope you're just sleepy. If you're still here, he's still working on you. He's not done with you. All right? And God wants to complete you. He wants you to reach the ready point. He wants you to be ready to meet the Lord and ready to be used by God. Well, how do we know where completion's at? Well, we go to the resource, and this is our resource of completion for instruction in righteousness. I'll tell you this, there is no ready without the resource of God's word. This is our resource. It's the work of the word. Finally, finally, that's the word you're always waiting for, isn't it? Finally, it don't mean a whole lot. <laughs> the Bible says in verse, you ought to learn that by now. No, but I'm going to hurry. We have a meeting tonight and our nursery workers are doing great. If they're listening to me, thank you folks for being patient. Verse 17, watch God gives us a glimpse of what happens when we use the resource. That the man of God may be perfect. That means complete. Thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Finally, we see the result of the word. The result of the word. Notice the promise there. Thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Now, you're not jumping up and down excited about it, but can I tell you there's a promise in verse number 17 that some of the best news you can have as a Christian. That in spite of what the world says, in spite of what your heart says, in spite of what your neighbor says and your pessimistic Christian friend says on social media, in spite of all of that, can I tell you, you can be thoroughly furnished to all good works. You ever look at yourself in a spiritual mirror and think, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I fall short, I'm incapable, I'm not as, you ever think about all that you're not? Amen. And for those of you that don't, you, you got a pride problem, okay? <laughs> but my Bible promises me that if I will use my resource, I will be thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Okay, God, you... You want us to be ready. You told us in Luke 1.17, make ready a people prepared for the Lord. You want us to be ready when you come. Lord, that's a tall order. God says, I know what I asked for. And I've given you a resource to make you ready. This is our resource. If we'll let it do its work. God's word, I believe, still changes lives. We sing about that. Our choir sings a beautiful song that God's word still changes lives. God's word still changes lives. And we're thinking about, man, I tell you, my neighbor, my coworker, let's be selfish just for a minute before we close. I think God's word still wants to change your life, my life, because I'm not ready. He's still working on me. But if I will use this resource, this is all that I need to be all that I'm called to be and to do all that I'm called to do. That's the result of the word of God. You're going to look up one day, and one of these young people, one of these young men, one of these young ladies are going to take hold of the word of God like a junkyard dog. And they're going to decide this is going to be their resource. And you're going to watch them take off in the will of God for their life. They're less talented than you, less experienced than you, less knowledgeable than you. And you're going to wonder how on earth is that nobody doing something for the cause of Christ? Well, number one, the truth is we're all nobodies. What happened was they just got a hold of the resource. 
and they became thoroughly furnished unto every good work. Folks, we are not going to be ready if we don't get better acquainted with the Word of God. This is God's love letter to us, and we need to fall in love with this book again and go running to it every morning like we're going to find hidden treasures because that's exactly what's contained in here, and that's going to lead us to the place where finally we are ready. Tonight, folks, the resource is simply the Word, and if we're going to be well-equipped to accomplish anything, we've got to get reacquainted with that tonight. Let's stand together. Heads are bowed. Our eyes are closed. Our heads are bowed.